Oh, hang on. Sorry. That is the wrong theme tune. Very easy to get uh, wrapped up in it all, isn't it, really? So Joe Biden is the new U.S. president. That's hardly news, but equity markets are very optimistic about it all, it seems, held by strong results from Netflix. Uh, but he's got a lot of it on his hands, isn't he, Joe Biden, including fighting a virus, which is now showing signs of re-emerging in China. And it's all about jobs for the rest of the day. Aussie jobs, and also we get the weekly initial jobless claims from the U.S. tonight. It's Thursday, the 21st of January, 2021. Good morning and God bless America. Well, it must be all that goodwill in Washington. Equities are up. The Nasdaq rising 1.8%. The S&P 500 up 1.4%. 0.7% up for the Dow. And rises in Europe too. The Eurostox 50 is up 0.8%. The FTSE is up 0.4%. Not much movement in the US dollar on the DXY, although it's down 0.3% on the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar is up more than half a percent, close to 774 US cents. The pound also up a little, about 0.1%, with the euro down 0.2%. Not much movement on bonds of any maturity in the United States, not much in Europe too. And oil is up again, another 0.8% on Brent and 0.6% on WTI. Tapper Strickland is here again today. Um, So have you been watching, up early, watching the inauguration? Now now we've got uh, Joe Biden, the uh, 46th president of the United States, or uh, you're still fast asleep. Did you sleep through this historic event, Tapper? I I hope not. I'd be disappointed in you. Good morning, Phil. Yes, unfortunately... Yeah, actually, actually well, look, Lady, Lady Gaga, you'll you'll be uh, pleased to know, was uh, could sing, uh, which we we all knew anyway. But there was this uh, poet laureate. This was the highlight for me, Amanda Gorman, who was the uh, was the standout. I think it made me. If I was American, it would make me proud to be American. But uh, look, all of that aside, uh, strong earnings for Netflix. Uh, that's helped tech stocks. Uh, we've got new record highs on on equities. But I guess also events like this do create a bit of goodwill as well. So that's probably uh, jollied the markets along a bit too. Yes. So um, equities did surge overnight, as you're noting there, the S&P 500 up quite strongly there. Netflix, the main driver, uh, if you recall, Netflix reported after the close on Tuesday and its shares are up some 16%. And so really lit more of a fire under the whole technology and communication sector there. Um, As well as that, you had Morgan Stanley report better than expected earnings with profit up some 51%. And overall, when you look at all the companies that have reported in the US so far, they've all come in about better than expected. I think about 88% of companies have beaten expectations. So uh, no surprises there why equities are reacting pretty positively in regards to that. And then you add on to that the prospects of fiscal stimulus, especially uh, after Yellen's testimony on yeah. Tuesday. And um, equity investors at least are very optimistic about the sign of the times isn't it so janet yellen might actually be confirmed as treasury secretary uh thursday u.s time so within the next 24 hours uh so we maybe get a flurry of news uh coming out of that over the next few days but you know the the approach is obviously obviously very market interventionist which normally the markets would hate but i guess these are just unusual times oh yes very very unusual times and i guess for the market at the moment it's still trading with that sanguine view of the senate majority is very, very slim for the Democrats. So um, very substantial changes will be quite challenging. So have to be quite centrist policy in order to get through the Senate. Uh, And then the other one is, uh, it seems like there's still pretty bipartisan support to get a pretty big fiscal package through. And so uh, markets are very much trading 
with that view that uh, stimulus is likely at some time. Now, Joe Biden is uh, already in the Oval Office. I think he's getting uh, down to working on his executive orders. The word is 15 are going to be signed today, including joining uh, the uh, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord. No one's exactly sure what he's going to sign today, but one of them seems to be uh, revoking the permit as well for the Keystone XL oil pipeline. So it's going to be a very green presidency, isn't it? And uh, I mean, that's going to influence maybe not the top line for the markets, but certainly the composition of, you know, which shares are going to do well, for example. Definitely. And actually, when you look uh, into uh, the election, you did you did see uh, those stocks most exposed to renewable energy surge quite sharply um, right into the election and post-election. So markets are definitely pricing in that view. And uh, he's ordering the executive agencies to review 103 Trump-era actions on the environment and public health, so very much concentrated on uh, Trump's reversal of those environmental protections. Yeah, right. Very big change. Now, look, uh, back at home, uh, the Westpac Consumer Confidence read for January yesterday in Australia down a little, but of course it rose the uh, the, the month before. And I guess there's a bit more of a, a round in terms of COVID concerns right now. Yes. So the uh, Consumer Sentiment Index fell 4.5% in January, but as you know, that came after last month's 4.1% rise. When you look at the actual level of the Consumer Sentiment Index, mm. it's still 12% higher higher than pre-pandemic February levels and is around the levels last seen in 2013. So consumers on the whole are still very optimistic. And within the consumer sentiment report, there's one question asking about unemployment expectations for the 12 months ahead. And uh, out of that survey, uh, the level of that index is around 2019 levels where the unemployment rate was more around 5 percent when you compare that where the unemployment is at the moment at 6.8 percent it suggests that there's a risk that the unemployment rate falls more sharply than both the rba and treasury are forecasting so well yeah so we'll we make will we see that reflected in the numbers today because of course we get the uh we get the the official employment numbers today for australia yeah so we're navi's looking for another very strong employment uh report so we're going for sixty thousand jobs in the month but when you look at payrolls data that came out on Tuesday, it suggests there might be a little bit of upside risk to that. Uh, payrolls do suggest a print of around seventy to one hundred thousand, so it could be a very strong employment report, uh, and that should see the unemployment rate fall. At the moment, the market consensus for the unemployment rate is for it to drop a tenth to six point seven percent. But just given uh, expected strong employment gains, uh, the risk is is to a, a sharper drop in the unemployment rate. And it's worth noting on the unemployment rate, um, just given Australia's closed international borders uh, and slower population growth, uh, you no longer need uh, as strong employment growth as you did before in order to lower the unemployment rate. Uh, Previously, you needed about 20,000 jobs a month in order to keep the unemployment rate unchanged, and that's lowered to around 7,000 jobs a month. So there is the prospect that if you still get continued strong employment gains, then that's going to put a fair bit of downward pressure on that unemployment rate. And on the face of it, it seems like the, the Bank of Canada, um, not a great deal happened. In the, they didn't move rates, they didn't change their, their forward guidance, uh, and yet here we are, the Canadian dollar is up 0.7%, and uh, it seems they were fairly hawkish. There's a word we haven't used for a while, heard for a while. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Bank of Canada was really interesting, and uh, that uh, appreciation in the, in, in the loonie was uh, co- coincided with the strength that we saw in the Aussie overnight and in the Kiwi as well. And markets were really latching on to the view of some of the underlying assumptions within the Becker Canada's uh, forecast track. Uh, and they noted that uh, their medium term outlook is now stronger and more secure than in the October projection, thanks to earlier than expected availability of vaccines 
and uh, significant ongoing policy stimulus. So they've upgraded their medium-term outlook, uh, but they have lowered their near-term outlook just given the uh, virus resurgence there. Uh, the guidance in terms of rates and in terms of QE was broadly unchanged in that they're still expecting to hold policy rates until inflation is sustainably at their target, and that's not expected until 2023. Uh, and uh, the QE program will also continue until that occurs, but purchases could be tapered. But very much the market was looking at those kind of underlying assumptions and that the growth outlook has been upgraded there. And uh, with uh, New Zealand and Australia also seeing the data bounce back quite sharply. It's no surprise why the Aussie and the Kiwi also bounced in sympathy with the Canadian dollar. We're not expecting much, are we? We've got Bank of Japan and ECB meetings uh, later on. Uh, we're not expecting much to change there. No, um, so expecting no change in policy or guidance from the Bank of Japan or the ECB. Uh, just worth noting the comments that uh, President Lagarde uh, made last week around the euro. Uh, and so it's likely in the press conference there'll be a few questions around the strength of the euro. Uh, but really, I don't think there'll be much uh, in regards to that. And the race for uh, vaccinations. I mean, Israel now, 24% of people have had their first shot. Uh, they're well on their way to giving people the second shot. Uh, and the UK... Uh, not onto their second shots, but they are they are storming ahead. At least they've got something right in the UK at long last. Yeah, so the um, markets view that you uh, do get a quite a rapid rollout of uh, the vaccination programs right around the world, and that on the back of that you get a quite a big lift in activity. Everyone's watching Israel quite closely, and as you're noting, twenty four percent of people have had their first shot, uh, and in addition to that, six percent have had their second shot. Um, so it does look like that vaccine rollout is happening quite aggressively. Um, just worth noting, though, um, within the Israeli program, they've also noted that people are getting infected between the first and the second uh, shots. Uh, so it appears um, Israel is trying to minimize the time between the first and the second shots in order to build up that immunity wow. for people. And that may have implications Gee. for other programs such as the UK, which has delayed the rollout of that second yeah. shot. 12 weeks or more. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That is a big concern, isn't it? And also, I don't know if you've seen the pictures coming from China as well, where you've got those massive isolation hotels that they're building now, much more like we saw those massive hospitals that they were building last year, which reflects the reemergence of the virus in China. Uh, I mean, if that grows and uh, we can no longer look at China as a, the example of a country that's come through all this relatively unscathed, then that is going to hit market confidence, isn't it? Definitely. definitely. At the moment, markets aren't uh, paying too much attention to that, but the risk is that uh, uh, that uh, the virus continues to spread and that a greater proportion of people will need to be locked down in order to reduce the spread of the virus. Uh, and just worth noting in China, um, the... Um, the vaccine rollout has been very, very small compared to other countries, including Israel. So uh, China may need to lock down for longer if you do have a uh, virus outbreak there. Uh, we'll be watching that quite quite closely, but at the moment, markets are taking a pretty sanguine view of, of that. Right. We talked about a lot of uh, about what's coming up today already in terms of, uh, well, the Australian employment numbers, the Bank of Japan, the ECB. Uh, but we also get those uh, weekly jobless numbers, which didn't look at all good last week, did, did they, for the United States? 965,000 new initial jobless claims. I mean, what's the expectation? Could that tick up over the million mark t uh, tonight, do you think? Oh, it's always possible. The, the expectation, though, is for a small tick down to 935,000. And um, I guess, <clears throat> to some extent, markets haven't really been reacting that much to the jobless claims figures, just given the 
expectations of that vaccine rollout and expectations of pretty aggressive uh, fiscal stimulus in the near term there. Also, uh, I think I'll be looking or giving a little bit of a passing look towards the Philly Fed survey, which is a survey of manufacturers in the Philadelphia district. Uh, and that uh, is on the back of those tightening restrictions in the US and the fact that the New York Empire manufacturing survey came in a little bit weaker than expected. Yeah, last which is week. why you've got to look for those vaccine numbers, isn't it, really? Uh, good to talk, Tapas. Catch you again very soon. Cheers. And that's Thanks it. First day of a new presidency. So, yeah, I was very impressed with Amanda Gorman. Go and, uh, go and watch her bit, uh, her, her big gig at the inauguration ceremony today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.